This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Well, amen. Let's take God's word and go together to the book of the Psalms. And find, if you would, Psalm 100, Psalm 100. And uh, while you're turning there, uh, of course, you uh, will remember in our walk together through the Psalms, uh, we were reading the Psalms together, uh, five each day through the month of April. And we are uh, in the month of May reading and walking together through the gospel according to John. And so Psalm 100 should be familiar to you, and I trust that it is. And I trust that the Lord would speak to us uh, this morning. Let's read these verses together, beginning in Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. I want you to notice the phrase we find in verse number five. The Bible says, for the Lord is good. I want to tell you, we serve a good God. We serve a glorious God. I remember when I first came to Tabernacle, uh, I noticed that at the conclusion of the service, before the church was dismissed, uh, everyone in unison made this statement, uh, all the time, God is good, God is good all the time. I think I have it backwards, but uh, we find that God is good, and we know that because the Bible tells us so. Also, we who know him, Know that he is good. Now, we live in a world that has been corrupted. We live in a world that is filled with sin. And the only goodness that we're going to find in this world comes from God. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Every good thing comes from God. And the psalmist here is encouraging us, saying to us, the Lord is good. Now, here we have been for weeks and weeks unable to meet together as a church because of the uh, coronavirus. And uh, many for weeks and weeks have not been able to work. And uh, many have been ill. And let us not forget those who have, uh, who have suffered from the virus and many, many, many thousands who uh, have died as a result of this virus. But in the midst of all that is bad in this world, I want to tell you that the Lord is good. And if we're going to receive any good thing, uh, we must obtain it from the Lord. Now, as I was reading through the Psalms and 
we as a church were reading through them together and I came to Psalm 100. Uh, the Lord gave me this message and laid it upon my heart and I planned to preach it on a Wednesday night a few, few weeks ago. And then the Lord redirected my thoughts that I would preach this uh, as we were coming back together as a church. And uh, so with us coming back together, God willing, next Sunday, I wanted to preach this in preparation for us coming back together. So I want you to pay close attention. I hope you have a pen. I hope you're ready to write some things down. I want to point your, point your attention to three words we find in this passage uh, this morning. And these three words will uh, outline the thoughts that I have to share with you this morning. Notice in verse number two, the Bible said, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Underline that word come or write it down. That's one of the major thoughts I want to share with you this morning, come. And then in verse number three, the very first word, know ye that the Lord, he is God. That's the second word, know. The first word, come. The second word, know. Then look in verse number four, enter. That's the third word, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So as we look at this psalm, basically I have three thoughts I want to share with you this morning. Number one, come. Number two, know. Number three, enter. Well, let's look at them together. First of all, come. Notice again what the Bible says in verses one and two. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now, I want you to notice here we find an invitation. An invitation. And the invitation is for you to come. The Lord has delivered an invitation that we would come into his presence. Now, I want you to notice who this invitation is extended to. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Notice this, please. All ye lands. No matter where you live, no matter where you're from, uh, God loves you and God has invited you to come into his presence. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. So we notice there is an invitation here. Come. And this invitation is extended to everyone. Now, through the blood of Jesus, we praise the Lord that we, all of us, have access to come into the presence of God. Uh, the veil which kept the priest from entering into the Holy of Holies. Remember the priest, the high priest. In fact, there was only one priest that could enter into the Holy of Holies. That was the high priest. He could only go in one time per year. No other priest could go in, just one. And he represented all the people. Uh, so no people could go in. Just the priest could enter into the, uh, the temple or into the inner court of the temple. Uh, but only the high priest could enter in one time per year into the Holy of Holies. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, when he shed his blood for us, he cried, it is finished. He gave up the ghost, made the payment for our sins, the veil that separated us and kept us outside of the Holy of Holies. That veil was rent into two and thereby signifying that all of us who know the Lord have an opportunity to come into the presence of God at any moment. What a blessing that is. And that privilege was bought, it was purchased by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so he says to us, come, come into my presence, come. 
<laughs> there was uh, a separation uh, before that. That separation was the separation that the priest, oh, again, only one could enter in. Uh, and only the priest could even enter into the inner court. But now we find uh, that the all people can come in to the presence of the Lord. Now, I want you to notice what the Bible says. Look with me, if you would, in Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. And we'll begin to gather or to obtain a little more information about this and a greater appreciation for what the Lord has done by extending this invitation to all people to come. To all people. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 11... Uh, the Apostle Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Here Paul is speaking to Gentile believers. And he's saying to them, when you were a Gentile, you were a stranger. You were outside of the commonwealth of Israel. You were outside the family of God. Remember, God chose Abraham. He made a family with Abraham and Sarah and gave them a precious boy, the son of promise, Isaac. And uh, through their family, all nations of the earth were to be blessed. And, of course, we understand that the Lord Jesus descended uh, from the seed of Abraham and so we find here that those who were the circumcision, those are the people of Israel, those are the Jews, and then those who were the uncircumcision, that is the Gentiles. And so he's speaking about the separation between the two. Notice in verse 12, that at that time ye, that's, that's us, lost in our sins, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's where we were, friend. We were without hope and we were without God. And so in the midst of that time, uh, the Lord Jesus died for us. Now look in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Here we find now the invitation is extended to us because of the blood of Christ. We were far off, but now we are able to draw nigh unto him. Verse 14, for he is our peace who hath made both one. He's speaking of the Jews and the Gentiles there and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. There was a wall in the outer court of the temple and the Gentiles and the Jews were separated by that wall. And so here we find that the Lord now by his death has abolished, <laughs> he's abolished that wall. He's broken down that wall and no more are we looking at Jews and Gentiles. We're looking at one people, the family of God. And that's why the Lord says here, come unto me, all ye lands. Verse 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were far off and unto them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple in the Lord, in whom also ye are builded together for a habitation of God through the spirit. Here's what he's saying. God uh, loves you and he sent his son to die for you. And when he 
made the payment for your sin on the cross, those of us who are outside the family have been given an opportunity to come into the family and to be at home in the family and to be no more strangers but fellow citizens. We are members of the household of God. Here's what we find, that the Lord wants to welcome us in. And so the invitation comes. Come, all ye lands. Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 17, the Bible says, and the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Let me tell you, friend, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loves you. He came to make the payment for your sin and to draw you in, to welcome you in to the family of God. Have you accepted his invitation? Come, come. Church family, we have not been able to meet for weeks. Perhaps the Lord has, helping us not, has helped us not to take for granted the meeting, the assembly of his people, the opportunity to come together and to worship him, to magnify his name. The Lord has invited us to come. And thanks be unto God, we're going to be able to come together on the 24th of May. And how shall we come? Well, there's a prescription for us here on how we shall come. Now notice, we are to come in three ways. Number one, shouting. Shouting. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Uh, we're to come with shouting. That means we're to come with joy. We're to come with happiness. Spurgeon said of this verse, our happy God should be worshiped by a happy people. A cheerful spirit is in keeping with his nature, his acts, and the gratitudes which should cherish uh, for his mercies. In other words, we're to come together with joy. We're to come together with gratitude. We're to come together ready to give a shout and thank God for the opportunity to know him, to have heaven as our home, to have our sin forgiven, and to be a part of the family of God. We're to come with cheer. We're to come with joy. Now, you know, we've all been to church before, right? And uh, we've seen people look like they've been dipped in pickle juice. <laughs> Unhappy, grumbling, murmuring, and complaining. May God help us to come into his presence. And by the way, we've all come that way before too, right? May God help us to come into his presence with joy, with thankfulness, ready to shout the praise of our God. Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12 the psalmist wrote and said, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Hey, <laughs> if you're putting your trust in the government or in the medical professionals or in the media to tell you the truth or in any political party to help you, there's not much to rejoice about. But if you're putting your trust in the Lord, you have something to rejoice over. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Who is our shield? Who is our buckler? It is the Lord. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous, and with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Hasn't God been so good to us? Hasn't he taken such wonderful care of us in these days? I want to tell you, he has. 
He is a good God. And we're to come together with joy. We're to come together with shouting. And we come together next week. I hope that you come happy to see one another, happy to be together, happy and joyful to be able to meet together and worship the name of the Lord and come expecting God to do something in our midst. Now notice the context here in Psalm 5. The context of this shouting. The psalmist said in verse number seven of Psalm five, but as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. <laughs> the psalmist said, I, this needs to take place in the house of God, in the presence of God. Now, the shout was something that was sounded uh, by the army before they went into battle. The people of God, as they read the Psalms, they would have understood this. As the armies of Israel went in to face the foe, they would shout against the enemy. It was a rallying cry. It was a, it was a, it was a shout that declared their trust in God and their confidence in him. But there would also be a shout after the victory was won and the battle was over. They would celebrate and rejoice in God's power and his deliverance and his victory. I want to tell you something. The church today, we, we are on the other side of it, right? Jesus Christ has won the battle. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We can shout the victory because we have the victory in Jesus Christ. But we've got battles to face. And we can shout in the midst of those battles as we go to face the foe because the victory is assured and the victory is is secured. Now, we're to come shouting. We're to come serving. Notice what he says here. Serve the Lord with gladness. Do you know it's a privilege to know the Lord? It's a privilege uh, to be saved. It's a privilege to be a part of his family. It's a privilege to get to serve the Lord. I want to tell you, if you sing in the choir, you serve in the nursery or as an usher and a greeter, if you are employed, you have the opportunity to serve in this ministry, you ought to be thankful. You ought to serve the Lord with gladness. I'm thinking about my friend Willie Smith, who's now in heaven. He was a faithful man of God, a faithful usher. And I want to tell you, if things weren't just right, he would let me know, hey, Brother Scott, we need to fix this. We need to get things right. We need to do it right. And I appreciate that spirit. We need to serve the Lord faithfully. We need to do it in a way that pleases him. And we need to do it gladly, not grudgingly, but gladly. So we are to come shouting. We're to come serving. And may God help us as a church to serve him in our community in a greater way than we ever have in the days ahead. Shouting, serving, and then singing. Come before his presence with singing. You know what I miss? I miss hearing you sing. And I'm looking forward to all of us, God willing, filling that parking lot at Lowe's. Wouldn't that be something? What a testimony that would be. And letting everybody that comes down the Sandy Ridge Road and 29th Avenue, let them all hear the Tabernacle Baptist Church family singing praise to our God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 5 and verse number 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We're to be a singing people. Colossians 3 verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. 
Here he's speaking about the type of songs we ought to sing. Songs that minister the truth of God's word to us. Songs that allow the word of Christ to dwell richly in us. Songs that teach us. Songs that admonish us. Songs uh, that produce grace in our hearts. May God help us to sing uh, songs that worship and magnify the name of Jesus Christ. We're not here to be participants at a concert. Oh no, we're here to sing praises unto our God. We're not here to impress one another. We're not here uh, necessarily uh, to make a beautiful sound. We are here to make a joyful noise unto our Lord. We're singing unto him. As we come together, may we come with singing. Revelation 5 verse number nine tells us what we're gonna be doing when we get to heaven. The Bible said, and they sung a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou was slain and hast redeemed us to God uh, by the blood by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation friend all of us who come who come to Jesus we're going to spend eternity singing and so may the Lord help us to do it now the second word we find here is no no look at it if you would please in verse number three no that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now the first invitation is that we would come. And as we come, then there's something that's going to happen. We're going to begin to know. And what are we going to begin to know? We're going to know that the Lord, Jehovah, is God. We're going to know who God is. We're going to know God personally in a wonderful way. Now, so as we respond to this invitation, we have an expectation that we are going to know God. When we come together as the people of God, we come into his church to worship him. Then we hear from him as we look into the pages of the word of God, as we're confronted with the truth, what do we come, uh, what are we confronted by? We're confronted by the thoughts of God, the word of God, the expression of God as, is, as it is filling our minds, as it is engaging our minds, we come to know the Lord in a greater way. We're not simply coming to shout and sing, but we come to know, to know more of him. And the point is not to engage just our emotions, but to engage our mind with the truths of the scriptures which convey to us the mind of God. And But thereby we will gain a greater understanding of who he is, a greater understanding of his purposes, of his love, of his plans for us. We will learn more of his character and more of his nature and our lives will be transformed by knowing him. Job said, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Therefore, I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. You see, when we gain a greater understanding of God, when we have a vision of God, the prophet said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. You see, as we learn him, as we know more of him, he reveals more of us. To ourselves and we more clearly understand how much it is that we truly need him. We more clearly understand how wonderful his grace is and his mercy is in that despite of all our iniquities and all of our sins, God still loves us. Oh, that we would know him. 
In Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28, the Lord Jesus said, come unto me. There's the invitation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He was speaking to that crowd that was dealing with the burdens that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and religious leaders had laid upon them that were dealing with their sin and their iniquity and their inability, their total inability to bring redemption to themselves. And he says, come unto me, all you that labor in a heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Rest from your fears. Rest from your self-effort. Rest from your frustration. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Notice this, please. Matthew 11, verse 29. And learn of me. More about Jesus, what I know. <laughs> oh, friend, that's what we need. We need to come together as God's people and learn of him. As we come together to worship the Lord, as we come together in the Sundays that will follow today, may we have a renewed zeal to know more of our God. May we have a greater appetite to hear from him. May we learn to enter into our prayer closet and our private study and enter into the pages of the word of God and to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit as he reveals to us his truth out of his word. May God help us to know more about Jesus. And as we go through difficulties, as we go through trials, we find that we're in the laboratory of life and we're proving out the things that God has told us to be true. And we find that he is a faithful and true shepherd and we learn more of him through these difficulties than we would have ever known of him if things were just rosy in our lives. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest under your souls. How is it with your soul? Are you restless? Are you weary? Are you frustrated? Are you full of care and anxiety? If you will learn of him, you'll find rest for your soul. Oh, the psalmist says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. That's enough, friend. That's enough to know that God is in control and to know him personally, to understand that he cares for us. Now, there are two things that we find here that we need to know about the Lord. Number one, he's our creator. He's our creator. Now, as our creator, that means he made us for a purpose. He made us for, our pur for his purpose. Notice what the Bible says in, in verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. How soon we forget that, right? Uh, we, we sort of think that we arrived here because of our own efforts. And, and we, we fall into the trap of thinking that we are existing here because of our own efforts, our ingenuity, our strength, our wit, our ability to do things. And, and therefore, we rely upon ourselves or upon other humans, and we forget the fact that God is our creator. He spoke this universe into existence. He formed Adam of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Friend, we would not be here uh, without the, the, the creative purpose and creative power of our God. He is the one who made us. He is the one who has known us from the foundation of the world. And he has placed us here. Not just simply so we could enjoy life and pursue any path that we desire. No, he has placed us here that we might serve him, that we might know him, that we might fulfill his will. 
Solomon exclaimed in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse number one, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. You know, with all of the, the things that have happened in recent weeks and all the entertainments that uh, we are no longer able to enjoy and uh, all of the activities that we were, uh, that so filled our schedules and calendars, now that those things have, have, have been done away with in recent days, perhaps God is using this time in your life to help you understand He's your creator. Remember him. We're not self-made. He made us. Know ye that the Lord is God. He's our creator. But know something else about him. Not only is he our creator, he is our redeemer. Notice again in verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. Now notice this. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Not only we find he's our creator, but we find that he is our redeemer. We are his people. Now that wasn't always the case, right? When Adam sinned in the garden, we were no longer the people of God. As we found Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter two, we were strangers, we were aliens. We were without God. We were without hope. But because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loved us and came and died for us, now we who were afar off are made nigh. We belong to him. He has redeemed us. That means he bought us back. He purchased us with his own blood. We belong to him. We are his people. What a glorious thought. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You see, I learned here that he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Now, in our reading today, in our reading through the gospel according to John, we're coming to John chapter 10. And then tomorrow we'll read the remainder of the chapter. But let me read what the Lord said in John chapter 10 and verse number 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Oh, what a glorious thought. You see, in John chapter 10, we have, uh, we have uh, the Lord's discourse on the, on the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He's the door to the sheepfold. We come to the door. And when we, uh, when we acknowledge that he's the door, we come into the door. We know as we, as we learn of him, we know that he is the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life. And no man can come unto the Father but by him. You see, when we come to him, when we learn of him, when we come and when we know, we enter into the family of God, into the sheepfold of God, and we become his people, and he is our shepherd. And he's made a promise to us. He said, they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You say, well, the doctor told me some disturbing news this week. Or I lost my job this week. Or things haven't gone well for me in recent weeks and months. Let me tell you that you have a shepherd and he has promised to take care of you. He said, you're in my hand and nobody will pluck you out of my hand. Oh, what a glorious thing it is to know the Lord. He is God. What is it that we need to know in this hour? We need to know that the Lord 
is God. Why is it that we come to church? Well, because he's invited us to come. He has commanded that we come. And so we come shouting and we come serving and we come singing. And as we come, here's what happens. We know more of him. And now we come to the third thought this morning. Come. That's the invitation. No. And then thirdly, enter. Notice in verse number four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Now notice the progression we find here. Come before his presence. Know ye that the Lord, he is God and enter in to his gates. To enter means to come in. You see, once we've come to the door and we've walked through the door, we have entered now into the household of faith. In the house, in the sheepfold, in the family, there are two activities that we need to be engaged in here as we enter in. Now, the first one, as we enter in, we enter in with an expression of our gratitude to God. We enter in with an expression of, of our gratitude to God. Notice in verse four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Uh, We need to be thankful people. God's people should be thankful. You know, one of the things that we've noted in in recent weeks as we've watched these news conferences and heard the reports in the media and, and all of the barbs that have been exchanged is that people in this nation are not thankful people. There are people who believe that they somehow deserve everything. And if they have the least bit of difficulty and the least bit of trouble, they're looking to someone other than God in most cases to uh, carry out all their fancies and all of their whims. Uh, We live in a nation that has become a nation of ingrates. May God help us to be thankful people, to be thankful for his love for us, to be thankful for the salvation that he uh, offers to us, to be thankful that we know that we are his sheep and, and we belong to him. We're the sheep of his pasture. He's our shepherd. He's promised to take care of us. Oh, may God help us to be thankful. I'm thankful that during this time, no one in our church family has, has uh, developed or come down with this virus. I'm thankful that during this time, God's people have been faithful to give and the Lord has met the needs. I'm thankful that during this time, we've been able to meet uh, through this online format and souls have been saved. I'm thankful that the church is advancing and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. May we enter in to the worship of God's people with gratitude in our soul and thankfulness. And as we come together on the Lord's day next Sunday, may we come with grateful hearts. Not grumbling hearts, but grateful hearts. He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Oh, we're to come praising the Lord. We're to come blessing the wonderful name of Jesus. Enter in with an expression of our gratitude to God. And then finally, enter in with a consideration of the goodness of God. You see, as we come and as we know, oh, we begin to express our praise. We begin to express our gratitude. And we begin to think about how good God truly is. Have you thought much about that in recent days? Oh, I hope you have. I hope you will consider it. 
I hope you will consider the goodness of God. Notice what the Bible says here in verse five. For the Lord is good. He's a good God. God is good all the time. And all the time, good times and bad, God is good. He's good to us. You see, no matter what harm may come to us on this earth, we're going to spend eternity with God. We're not, going to, we're not going to suffer in the flame of hell for one moment. We're not going to be separated from our God for one moment. We're not going to be separated from our loved ones and from our family, our church family and the family of God. We're not going to be separated from him for one moment. There'll be no disease. There'll be no death, no dying, no darkness, no depression, no difficulty. We're going to be with God for all eternity. The Lord is good. He's faithful. In spite of my sinfulness, in spite of my ups and downs, in spite of my temperament, in spite of my failures and my frailties and my weaknesses, in spite of my doubting, God loves me and he loves you. He's a good God. Shall not the God of the whole earth do right? Absolutely. His mercy is everlasting. You know, the older I get, the more I understand about that. The mercies of God. And that he loves me in spite of myself. And maybe you've drifted far away from the Lord. Maybe, you've, maybe you have, have, have drifted so far from God, you just almost think, and Satan is convincing you that it's impossible for God to love you and forgive you. I want to tell you, friend, that's a lie of the devil. His mercy endures forever. You say, well, I don't know how many, you don't know, preacher, how many times I've failed him. His mercy endures forever. It's everlasting. And then his truth endures to all generations. His truth. Oh, the word of God will not pass away. God's truth endures to all generations. And so may the Lord help us today. To see that as we come together, we're to come, we're to respond to the invitation. It's an invitation that he offers to us. It is an opportunity that he has purchased for us with his own blood. Come. Have you come? Have you come to Jesus in faith? Oh, he wants to save you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest for your souls. Come to the Lord Jesus. He said, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you will simply acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need him as your savior, I want to tell you on the authority of God's word, the Lord Jesus will receive you and he will save you. He will in no wise cast you out. What a wonderful, precious promise. Come. The church family, come. Come to the Lord. Come to him daily. Come and assemble together with God's people. Come into his presence. Oh, may God give us a renewed desire to come together as God's people. Come. No. Oh, may we learn of him. May we know him. The Lord, he is God. He's our shepherd. He's our creator. He's our redeemer. And then enter. Oh, as we know more about him, we enter in to a state of worship that we could not have entered into before.
He's transformed us. And now our grumbling hearts have been made grateful. And we enter into his presence and consider that our God is good. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.